We're going to pray together. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit today. Um, I love looking at what Holy Spirit does, but let's pray together. I want you to make this very real, you know, what Sarah shared towards the end of worship about renewing the way we think. Holy Spirit helps with all that. He comes and helps renew how we think. If you think negatively this morning, the Holy Spirit is here. Just call on him right now. But think about, I want you to think right now about Jesus just before we go any further. Just think how wonderful he is. Think about what he's done personally in your life. Think about his compassions and his mercies. And now just chat to him. Just say, Jesus, I want you to change my heart. Help me declutter my heart. So Jesus, we, we look to you. And we say, you're the king of all glory. You're the only reason why we're here. And I just pray, I pray for me and my dear friends here, would you change our lives today in some way? For your precious name, amen. The title for this morning is The Promise. And then the subtitle is Assurance. Over the next two weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at the person and works of the Holy Spirit. Next week is City Group Launch. So we're particularly going to look at being baptized in the Holy Spirit being filled and filled again and filled again and filled again with Holy Spirit. As we, as we launch today, though, I want, I want us to look at the promised assurance. Start, start, I'm going to start here, Ephesians 1. I was going to read several verses, but 13, like the second half of 13 and verse 14 of Ephesians 1, it says, it might come up on the screen behind me, actually, so you can join in. It says, when, when you believed... When you believed, see that part way down? When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. What is this promise? The promise, Scripture says, particularly in the New Testament, is the promise of the Father. Jesus speaks a lot about it in John's Gospel. There's a, there's a promise coming. Wait for the promise. You will receive so that's what we're going to look at, but we're going to lay a foundation of assurance this morning. So today we're going to look at, very briefly if I can, who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do? A little bit about that, and then next week it's being filled. But I want, I want, to, I want to lay this foundation because I'm acutely aware. I've been a follower of Jesus now for 16 years. There's people in this environment that have only very recently given their heart to Christ to say, I choose to follow him. So that people in this room, I don't want to just presume that we're all on the same page with stuff. Even when I say Holy Spirit, I'm sure some people will have, oh, that's a bit awkward. I've had some really bad experiences in churches where people have just been odd, for odd's sake. So when we look at the Holy Spirit, I, my, my heart's prayer, guys, and I want to look at the whites of many eyes. I want to serve you well this morning as your friend, as your brother. I want to serve you well. If you leave here this morning, A, knowing I know who the Holy Spirit is, and B, encountering him, man, that's a win. So I want to ask the question, who is Holy Spirit? There is so much misunderstanding in Christendom, in the church today. Cynicism, doubt, fear, because of maybe past experiences, bad teaching, I said this at the first service as well, you know, subtly, the Holy Spirit is almost regarded to us as the crazy uncle 
turns up at a wedding party just to make it fun. I was a bit dull. And then Crazy Bob turns up, and it's suddenly amazing. It's so, such a laugh. Now, we, we can't be more misunderstood if that's how we treat the person of the Holy Spirit. Because his role isn't just to make our church meetings and our gatherings messy, that we're all just roly-polying on, on across the floor. If that's what we want to do here, I'm running for the exits. The Holy Spirit is here to transform our lives. He will do all sorts of things, but he's not a crazy uncle. Some resist the Holy Spirit, others deny his existence altogether, and others say, we don't want to talk about that wackiness here, thank you very much. So it's important that we see what the Bible says. Firstly, the Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. Not some mysterious force that just wafts in and out. The Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. Some older translations refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. We don't have that in our modern translations because I think scholars have gone, I'm not sure that's as helpful as the original because it does presume that it's just an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Listen to this, John's Gospel. John 16, 12 and 13. I have much more to say to you. This is Jesus before he goes to the cross, before he's telling them about his departure. I have loads to say to you guys. More than you can now bear, actually. But when he comes, not the force, the first order, not when that comes. I see some of you Star Wars nerds with me. Come on. When he comes. Jesus is preparing his followers for another one just like him. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't, he won't just speak of his own. He will tell you of things to come. It's what these verses are telling us. So the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a he with a personality and nature. That means he thinks, he feels, he he reasons, he convicts. I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, and that's not condemnation. Let's be clear here. Condemnation is a ton of bricks dropping on you. Conviction is, oh, I think I've got to do something about that, and it leads to life. Holy Spirit does that, leads, he guides, he speaks. Here's a few examples. In Acts 15, we read, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. There's a reasoning between God's people and the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray, guys. I'm paraphrasing this text. Romans 8, Sometimes I have no idea what to say. When my buddy was killed on his motorbike, I had no clue what to say to God. But the Holy Spirit knew exactly what to say. And it says that he intercedes within us with groans that words can't describe. So he helps us. The Holy Spirit speaks, it says in 1 Timothy. Jesus said in John 14, he will teach you all things. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't do too well at school. I know that surprises most of you. But he will teach me all things. All things. It says we can grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4. Paul was prevented from preaching the gospel to Asia in Acts 16. He can be lied to. Didn't go too well for Ananias and Sapphira. If you know the story in Acts 5, they lied. And it says in the Bible that they were struck dead. Man, let's have the band up. Let's worship. Good place to worship, right? Please don't strike me dead. John 15 
says the Holy Spirit speaks about Jesus. The Holy Spirit keeps pointing to Jesus. So he's a personality, has a nature, a character, a will, and he thinks, he reasons, he speaks, all of that. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is God. This is my heart's prayer for some of you. Some of you, it says in Acts, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Paul said, well, what baptism did you receive? So it's so easy to presume, man, we're all on the same page with this, got this Holy Spirit gig nailed, San. But I'm, I'm sure there might be some here that don't. And you know what? If just one person leaves here convinced that Holy Spirit is God, I feel like I've served you well. Holy Spirit is God. He's God. A friend of mine, a guy called Julian, him and his wife Katia were here not long ago. Incredible prophetic gift, this guy. And he's, he's written a, a, a few books now all about the person and works of the Holy Spirit. And in one of his books, he comments how... He was speaking at a church, and, and afterwards, the pastor came up to him and said, you place so much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And he went on to say, and, and he realized where this, this pastor was coming from. This pastor really valued good, strong, expository Bible teaching, word-for-word Bible teaching, which we value, right? The Bible is the very word of God. But Julian then commented, and Julian said people were getting healed, set free, delivered, experiencing joy. And the comment was, hmm. You place too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Julian said, the reason why I do that, sir, is because he's God. And that's unashamedly, I want to say that to you. The reason why I love the Holy Spirit is because he's God. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. Three short words there, God is spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 Now the Lord is the Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, look at those words, there is freedom. Many here have experienced freedom because of the Holy Spirit. I know I have, set free from a decade-long drug addiction in a moment, crazy, because of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) wasn't me, look at me, I can't do that. He did it. He's amazing. God is Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is God. Think about that for a minute. So the Spirit in whatever form he takes on the earth, if he wants to heal us, if he wants to set us free, if he wants to declutter our mind and our heart, if he wants to give us comfort as we grieve, as God's very presence on the earth. God's very presence. Jesus said to his friends, it's good that I'm going, like I've said. Because if I, unless I go, he won't come. It's good that I'm going. Because I'm going to send someone just like me. And because Holy Spirit is God, this means he shares all the divine attributes that we know of God. All-knowing, bless you. All-knowing. All-knowing. Everywhere present, King David said, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit, your breath? Where can I go from that? If I go up to the mountains, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I get into a boat and ride out to the sea, you're already there. He knew before the cross there is nowhere that he can flee from God. And he's all-powerful. Scores of people in this room have been 
born into new life because of the power of the Holy Spirit. He made the whale and he made the mountain and he made the seas and the oceans and the sun and the moon. That's how powerful he is. So he can do whatever he wants. To help us understand Holy Spirit a little bit more, by a show of hands, who has, who has heard of the Trinity before? By the same show of hands, who can fully describe the Trinity? <laughs> One little lad this morning, he was so beautiful, man. He went, yep. <laughs> Holy Spirit is known as the third person of the Trinity. You won't find the word Trinity in your Bible, but take heart. You won't find Bible in the Bible. We have this word Trinity because of brilliant men and women, brilliant scholars down the ages have constructed a word, tri-unity, meaning three in one, that gives us this really puzzling biblical position that God is one, but he's made up of three distinct persons. Let me explain this a little bit. We believe here, I believe, don't know where you are, I believe there is one God made up of three persons. Three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. This is known as the Godhead, the community of God, the God package, however you want to describe it. There are three distinct persons but one God. I said this earlier as well. It's nothing like the Avengers where they all have superpowers, but on big battles... One of them goes, Trinity, assemble! And they all just come together and say, we're, we're in this because it's a big one. No, the, the Trinity are always at work. God is always triune in nature. God is always Father, always Son, always Holy Spirit. They're always interplaying with one another. There's always, like Mark Lawrence's, there's always this beautiful dance of the Trinity. <laughs> Did you like my dance? And they're always pointing to and referring to and speaking of one another. The Father, he longed for you, friend, that he sent his Son. And the Son willingly came. And the Spirit keeps pointing to Jesus. If you want to encounter the Holy Spirit, the manifest presence of God, think about Jesus. I guarantee you, you cannot go wrong. I heard one guy talking about this saying uh, he, he wasn't able to, he, he, he was listening to worship, he was reading the Bible, he was praying in tongues, he was meeting trying, on his knees for an hour and he just couldn't encounter God. And he felt God say, you've got so many distractions. Think about Jesus. And as soon as he gazed upon Jesus and the beauty of his splendor, he felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come flooding into his room. So if you want to encounter the Holy Spirit today, think about Jesus. Think about him. Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God expressed through three different persons. Confusing? Anyone confused? That's great. Served you brilliantly well. The Trinity has baffled some incredible minds down the centuries. But Orthodox Christian Belief has always affirmed this, this view that we believe in a triune God. 
a God that is co-equal. The Father can be worshipped and adored, and we should. The Son, absolutely worshipped and adored, and we should. And friends, this might bring some of you freedom this morning. You can worship and adore the Holy Spirit, and it is not blasphemy. I feel like I need to say that this morning. You can worship and adore the Holy Spirit because he's God. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. Now, I just want to briefly give you some biblical uh, examples, if you like, of the interplay, the dance of the Spirit. Genesis 1, 26, God says, Let us make man, let us make man, mankind in our image and likeness. Not let, let me do it, just so all of heaven sees I'm going to do this. He's talking to the truth. Let us, let us, Father, Son, and Spirit, make mankind in our image. Jesus is known as the one that created all things. All things were for him, through him, because of him, to him. He's a big deal. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus crucified for our sins risen again to give us brand new beautiful life and then he appears before his disciples and he says all authority has been given to me therefore go go and make disciples of nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit not just baptize them in the father not just baptize them in the son but in this triune god in the father son and holy spirit all of them very God God of very God Mark chapter 1 Jesus' baptism it says in those days Jesus of Nazareth came to Galilee to be baptized by his cousin John in the river and it speaks about in these verses when he came up out of the water immediately he saw heaven being torn open and then a dove the spirit like a dove came and rested on him and then he heard this voice This is my son. With you, I'm so pleased. So we see this dance of the Trinity, the Father speaking to the Son. The Son, Jesus, getting into the water, the Spirit descending on him, and then the Father's affirmation, my boy. Holy Spirit was involved in creation. Genesis 1-2, now the earth was formless and void and empty, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 2.7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath. This word breath ripples through Old and New Testament and it is translated for spirit. And he breathed his spirit into the living man and gave him life. Various names of the spirit, the breath of the Almighty, the spirit of Christ, the eternal spirit, the comforter, counselor, The one that comes alongside, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of the sovereign Lord, and so on and so on and so on. He's also referred to as fire, wind of oil, wine, and a dove. But when he comes, when he enters the room, when he enters a person's heart, they receive a nature, a personality who thinks, feels, acts, And this person is God. And he can be worshipped and adored. Before we go any further, I just want to pray. I want to pray that there'd be fresh revelation 
maybe in our hearts and our minds for the first time, that you would see Holy Spirit as God. And you can worship and adore him. You can build your relationship with him because he's God. You can pray to him because he's God. So I just ask, Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us hearts that are open? Would you illuminate in our hearts? Would you come alive within us afresh? Would you baptize us afresh this morning? Give us eyes to see you as God, in Jesus' name. Wanted to chuck that out there first, and we're going to close this first session, if you like, on the promise assurance. I want us to look at very briefly what the Holy Spirit does. So if he's God, what does he do? Well, the answer could be infinite, right? Because he's God. So there's nothing he can't do. He could do anything. He could turn me into an elephant up here right now if he wanted to. I've, I've never seen that, heard of that. don't see any descriptions in the Bible. But I'm just saying he probably could do that. There's a, there's a fish with a see-through head. Have you seen that? Uh, just came to mind. Anyone watch a blue planet? Yeah, there's a fish with a see-through head. I see that, I receive it. Fish with a see-through head. I didn't realise when it was a blue planet, I was sitting there watching it with my family and I said to him, I can't wait for the rainforest edition. And she was like, blue planet? I was like, ah. Okay, the sand dunes. There's nothing he can't do. I want to look at two primary things really quickly, and then we're going to pray. Holy Spirit is the one that brings new life. Listen to this, Titus. Titus 3, 4, and 6. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, Jesus, not because of any good things we'd done, no righteousness on our behalf, but according to his own mercy. He washed us, check this out, he washed us, into regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's get one thing straight. Jesus saves. He's the only way. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to eternal life. He made the way. The Holy Spirit illuminates the way. Holy Spirit is the one that made my dead heart come alive. It wasn't head knowledge. It wasn't, okay, I've seen what Jesus has done and I've made a mental ascent or a mental decision. It was somehow I've seen what Jesus has done and my heart has come alive within me and that is what transformed me and that's Holy Spirit because that's God. So Jesus as God, he made the way and Holy Spirit as God regenerated my heart. He washed me new. He cleaned me on the inside out and he continues to do that every day. He's the one that brings brand new rebirth and with this new birth so that's the first the primary thing and I believe secondary the next block he builds on that is our identity he wants to assure us that we're saved like well and truly because many people feel you can lose it the only way you'd lose it if you didn't have it in the first place but if you are saved you will never, ever lose that. If you've given your heart to Christ, you're with him forever, friends. Oh, man, that's amazing. Drink to that. That's amazing. Think about your own life for a moment. 
If you've been saved, you'll never be unsaved. And the Holy Spirit is the one that continues to remind you of that. He's the one that will continue to say, Ben, you're my son. You're my son. You're always going to be my son. He's the one that will continue to remind you that nothing you can do saved yourself and nothing you can do will unsave yourself. And he assures us of this beautiful new identity. You know, Jesus was sure of his identity. In Matthew, another description of when he got baptized, says as soon as he came up out of the water, heaven was torn open, similar description, and he saw the spirit descending on him and alighting or resting like a dove. And then he heard the voice of his dad, the father, saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. You see, before Jesus did anything, he knew exactly who he was. This is right at the start of his public ministry. He hadn't healed anyone. He hadn't gone out anywhere. He was about to be led into the desert to be tempted by the devil. By the Spirit, he was led out. But before any of this, he was being prepared for hardships. He was being prepared for life. Before any of that, he heard these words. This is my beloved son in whom I love so much and I'm so pleased with him. Jesus knew exactly who he was. And he was convinced that everywhere he went, I'm just doing my father's will. I'm just about my dad's business. Why are you here? I'm just about my dad. He had nothing that we should esteem to him. What, this guy, the carpenter's son, what, he's a big deal. That's pretty much what some of the followers said back then. He had nothing that would draw us in. No appearance. He didn't hover a foot higher than anyone else. He looked like an ordinary Jewish man of the day. And he was convinced that his dad in heaven loved him. He came as fully God and fully man to identify with us. And this is the start of his journey. I'm a loved son. And this is the incredible revelation that is built on our insurance of salvation. That actually, I've been saved to be a son. You've been saved to be a daughter. You've not been saved to be a worker. You've not been saved to just be another bottom on a seat. You've not been saved just to do stuff. You've been saved to be. Saved to be a son or a daughter. Some of you desperately need to hear I desperately need to hear this this morning. Man, before the do, we need to know who, right? We need to know exactly who we are. Romans 5.5, God has poured his love into our hearts by Holy Spirit. So God pours his love into our hearts. That's what he loves to do, and he does it by the Holy Spirit. So if you need some of that love this morning, just receive. Jesus is really clear. If you want to receive, just come. Just, just be thirsty. And just come and drink. Just come and receive. Just say, God, I'm desperate for that. I'm desperate for your love again to just be poured into my heart. That's what Holy Spirit does. And this is the effect that we would somehow explode on the inside of us and somehow his spirit deposited in our spirits, in our inner man, there would be this cry from within, Abba, Father. Romans 8 and Galatians 4. Romans 8 says, We've not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we've received a spirit of sonship into adoption. And by this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Spirit testifies with my, my spirit or bears witness 
that I'm God's son. You don't need to tell me that. It's lovely when you do. But God tells me that. God, my Father in heaven, tells me that I'm a son. When I don't feel it, absolutely. He reminds me I'm a son. My drive here this morning, a bit nervous about preaching this morning. Oh yeah, I'm a son. That's how I do it. I don't do this because I do. I can just be. It's easier said than done, I know. But you're a son. You're a daughter. That's so precious, man. I want you to just bask in that for a moment. He so loves you. Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, under the law to redeem those under the law, that we would receive full rights as sons. Amen. Holy Spirit, would you come and remind us afresh that we are sons and daughters. This sonship, guys, isn't a gender thing. It's a position. So it's not sonship, oh, it's okay for the guys. No, 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 it's an, it's an adoption into identity. That we're sons and daughters of the very living God. Wow. Just poke your neighbour and say, wow. Say, wow, wow. <laughs> say, wow, 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 wow. I know, I'm messing around, I'm sorry. I'm looking at some people, just stop wasting our time. Come on. Dinner's in the oven. I just want, I just want you to enjoy him again. I want to enjoy him again. You know, I had such a laugh at Strictly last night. It was awesome. 10,000 people. Amazing. Yeah, there was a little whoops. But we should have the most fun, guys. Like, joy isn't passing happiness it's joy even in suffering. It's joy even in confusion. Even in the darkest of days, some of my close friends here are having horrendous times at the moment, but you can know you're so loved. So loved. Many of us, we grew up not knowing who we are, whose we are. I know I did. I spent a large chunk of my adult life striving to be accepted now, drugs didn't help with that. Who am I? Where do I belong? Who wants me? Who even cares? My family don't seem to want me. My dad certainly doesn't. Like, who am I? But now I've got this spirit within me that says, I want you. And you've got the same spirit that says, I want you. I want you. Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Me and the Father, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna set up a tent within you. We want you. Ephesians 1, when you believed, you were marked in him with a precious seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance. You know, God in his infinite wisdom didn't send anyone else, didn't send myriads of angels. He sent himself. And he said, this is the worth on your life. Dear brother, this is the worth on your life. This is the value on your life that I would come and reside within you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to come and make home right in your heart. I'm going to leave my presence with you forever. See, because God lives in us, there's this continual reminder, this continual river that flows. 
I'm so loved. I don't feel it, but the truth of the matter is I'm so loved. And Jesus wants to keep reminding me. Holy Spirit wants to keep reminding me. Father wants to keep reminding me that I'm so loved. So Holy Spirit within us assures us. God within us assures us of this brand new, eternal, unmoving, unwavering, unconditional identity. You've been saved for sonship. For sonship. And we've been included in Christ and included in the same family. And this is the brilliant reality, as weird and wonderful as we all are, because we're all a bit odd, aren't we? Come on. Like, I'm well odd. <laughs> but I somehow stand equally loved, as my sister Helen, before the Father. I stand equal. And Helen stands equal before the love of the Father. It's amazing. Friends, our lives need to be empowered through identity. No other power is identity. God empowers us when we begin to see who we truly are. And we see who we are, as Sarah said, when we are transformed. Great word, Neil, this morning. When we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, we begin to see who we really are. That's repentance. We think differently. I want to begin to think like a son. And I pray for you this morning that you begin to think like a son, think like a daughter. Man, I'm the daughter of a king. I'm the daughter, I'm the son of a king. Listen to those guys having loads of fun. They know it. Do you know what? Our kids are leading the way in this. Our kids are convinced. My son, I say to him, I love you, boy. Yeah, yeah, I know that. How do you know that? You tell me a million times a day and it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> I'd rather that than, Dad, do you love me? Please, sir. Can I have some more? Like genuinely, I'd rather my buddy go, I know you love me, that is a given. Now, can we go out and play football? So he knows that, um, you get the point? He knows, he's coming from the foundation of assurance. I know you love me, now can we do this? The Lord is the spirit and the spirit of the Lord brings us freedom. Do you know, the way we live out these Christian virtues in our lives, the way we forgive the way we extend grace and mercy, the way we put on love as a garment, the way we battle sin, the way we battle life-controlling issues, the way we walk through hardship isn't about putting our stoic heads down and weathering the northern storm. It's imagining living by the coast down south. And knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. That's what changes hearts. That's what's begun to change my heart over the years. I used to do so much for God. My identity was so wrapped up in stuff like what I'm doing now. And I've got to keep fighting against that. Before all of this, I'm a son. And I'm loved forever by my dad in heaven. And that's the same for you. All of our works, all of our efforts, all of our serving comes, has to come from a place of intimacy, a place of friendship, a place of friendship with Holy Spirit, where you can day by day say, hey, Holy Spirit, I so love you. I so love what you do in my life. I so love that you, I get all twitchy and anxious and you settle everything down. I so love you, Holy Spirit. I want to build my relationship, my intimacy with him.
And you can do that every day. That's what changes things. That's what affects lives. That's what will see Manchester transformed. That's what will see your streets transformed and culture reformed. People that are so in love with Jesus are people that are so filled with his love and are people that just carry and dispense that love everywhere they go. That's the gig we're part of. And if it is that, man, you had me at hello. Like genuinely, if this is genuinely what we believe, let's go for it with all our mights. He so loves you. And he so wants to fill you with his love. And he so wants you to carry his love wherever you go. We stand together.